I heard uh, people were wearing salmon today, so I broke out my salmon. In preparation for this sermon, rather than going to concordances or commentaries, I went to the source of all knowledge, the good book itself, the Facebook. And I asked my friends a simple question. I said, what was a phrase that you said frequently during COVID? And I got the, unsurprisingly, the answers we probably all would have said, things like, what day is it? Wanna go for a walk and I just want to go to Chick-fil-A. But there was one phrase that I said more frequently than all the others. I didn't sign up for this. The thought rang through my head for weeks, if not months. I missed helping to plan in-person worship services where we could hug, pray over each other, and sing unencumbered. I missed getting to converse and laugh with staff members and interns in the chapel office. And the non-communion bread. How I have missed the non-communion bread. But there I was last summer, right here, in a deserted Estes chapel, measuring six feet, figuring out how to open the impossibly difficult first layer of a plastic shot glass called a fellowship cup, and trying to envision what a socially distanced and masked chapel would look like. And the whole time, all I could think was, I didn't sign up for this. On February 4th, 2020, with a choir loft filled with seminary singers and not a mask in sight, Dr. Tennant preached a prophetic message from this pulpit. He referenced the Nehemiah passage we heard today and said these words, If you had gone around the broken walls of Jerusalem and you had interviewed all those men and women working on the wall, they would have told you without a doubt. They would have all preferred to have a tambourine in their hand. But it wasn't the time they were called to. They had to live with a sword in one hand and a travel in the other. So here I was, with a fellowship cup in one hand and my tape measure in the other, thinking the same thing that those building the wall thought. I didn't sign up for this. And while you might not have been holding a fellowship cup and a tape measure or a sword and a travel, my guess is that at some point over the last year, you've had the same feeling. Whether it was a Zoom screen and a face mask, an unemployment check and a bottle of hand sanitizer, or canceled party plans in your child's NTI work, my guess is that at some point over the past year, you've held things in your hand and that you've looked at and said, I didn't sign up for this. Now, while COVID has given us this shared experience, this isn't something unique to COVID Tide. As difficult as planning worship with a tape measure and fellowship cups has been, this has not and will not be the most difficult thing that I will face in ministry. And for the majority of us, there will be times in ministry that will be much more difficult and affect us much more personally than a global pandemic. Every day, long before a pandemic ravaged our planet, there were pastors with a shrinking congregation in one hand and uncooperative committees in the other. There were families with a sick loved one in one hand and an unknown future in the other, husbands and wives with yet another negative pregnancy test in one hand and an unused baby blanket in the other, and over and over and over again, you can hear them say, I didn't sign up for this. I try to put myself in the shoes of those men and women rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. In Nehemiah chapter 3, 
We're introduced to many of them and we learn many of their names. There are two, though, in particular that I relate to. Harhiah and Hananiah. Now we know next to nothing about them except this. Harhiah was a goldsmith and Hananiah was a perfumer. They were artisans used to handling precious metals and scented oils. I imagine that they picked up a trowel and felt the same kind of confusion that I felt whenever I first tried to record on Zoom. Now, merely conjecture, but I like to think that they felt like they should be joyful in picking up stones and piecing together the walls of the holy city. But my guess is that deep down in their soul, a lament kept bubbling up. I didn't sign up for this. I wasn't made for this. I just want things to go back to the way they were. And so in the spirit of our yearly theme, the life of discipleship, I want to pose the question, how do you live a life of discipleship when you are called to a time you didn't sign up for? Now, I'm sure that there are many wrong ways, but the one that I chose last spring and summer was to try harder. Now, call me an Enneagram 3, but each day that I planned an online and socially distanced chapel, I expected myself to be just as productive and produce just as high a quality of work as before the pandemic. In fact, I projected that expectation onto others. I thought that others expected the same from me. And so if you had asked me how to live a life of discipleship last summer, my actions would have told you this. To be a disciple, you have to do big things for the kingdom of God, no matter what season you live in. In fact, I would have pointed to a motto we see often around here. I would have said that to live a life of discipleship, you have to attempt something big. We see that motto on banners of pastors with growing congregations, counselors who have won awards for their studies, and professors who write best-selling books, banners of disciples who are doing big things for the kingdom of God because they are living in a time that they signed up for. Now, while I would never call a life of discipleship easy, I think it's much easier when things are going well. When following Jesus leads to obvious growth, accolades, and praise, the path of discipleship becomes a lot more smooth. But then I think about those friends of mine who are living faithful lives, who are just doing the best they can in a time they didn't sign up for, the ones that never make it onto Attempt Something Big banners. You'll never see headlines that say, mother wakes up every night with sleepless child, son prays two decades for father's salvation, sees no results. Pastor endures name-calling and loves people anyways. To tell any of these disciples to attempt something big is unhelpful at best. But then again, we probably don't have to tell them how to live a life of discipleship because they are the ones living it every day. That word attempt is a word that I'm too familiar with. According to the Oxford Dictionary, the definition of attempt begins like this make an effort to achieve. I'm not really sure that what Jesus says to his followers is strive to achieve. Instead, right before Jesus tells his followers that they will enter into a world they didn't sign up for, a world that will hate them, he tells them how to live a life of discipleship. Abide in me. To which the hundred day of last summer would say, but Jesus, I mean, how do you expect me to achieve anything or, or merely to attempt anything when I'm just abiding? And Jesus replies, 
Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit. He never tells them to attempt anything big or small. He just says, abide. Oh, but Hunter, you may say, how are we to show our faith through our works if we're not going to attempt something big? Let me share with you what happened a couple months ago. Many months after the phrase, I didn't sign up for this, had stopped being my lament, I was at home when completely out of nowhere, unprompted, I felt God say to my soul, but you did sign up for this. And I knew it was a direct, but not delayed, response to my lament. God, in his patient mercy and compassion, welcomed my lament until he knew that I was ready to hear the hard truth that to be a disciple means to write a blank check to Jesus saying, whatever time I'm called to, whatever Calvary you lead me to, whatever it is you want me to hold in my hand, even if it's a fellowship cup in a tape measure, I'm in. And so what does it mean to live a life of discipleship in a time you didn't sign up for? Rather than attempt and achieve, the life of discipleship calls us to abide and obey. To pick up a sword and travel, travel not because you want to, but because it was the time that you were called to. Before you write it off as semantics, let me just explain what I think the difference is between attempting and obeying. Attempting says, I will look for the opportunity, I'll figure out how, I'll put in the effort, and God will bless my attempt. Obedience says, he will see the opportunity, he will figure out how, he'll do the work through me, and I just obey. So what does the life of discipleship look like in the times that you didn't sign up for? I think it's picking up a stone even when your hands weren't made for wall building. Being obedient to God, not striving to achieve, but abiding in the one that reminds us that it's not your job to worry about the results. Abiding and obeying remembers the harvest is your father's, not yours. I didn't sign up for this. But I did sign up to follow Jesus to whatever time he calls me to. And as I hold out my hands to show Jesus what I didn't sign up for, he shows me his hands. Being found in human likeness, he signed up. He signed up to humble himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. And yet, he still prayed, take this cup. He knows your pain when you cry, I didn't sign up for this. And yet he still walked the path that was before him. The holes in his hand remind me that obedience to the one that we abide in means sacrifice. It's a sacrifice that we have all signed up for.